Welcome to Reading the One Year Bible Together, a daily podcast that runs Monday through Saturday. My name is Bryce Tomlinson, and I'll be joined by Sherry Atanasal, and on occasion, my lovely wife, Julie. If you don't have a one-year Bible, you can get a reading plan at oneyearbibleonline.com. There's a link in the description of this video on Facebook, and as well as the show notes of our podcast. This podcast is recorded from Jitsi, where we do our live streams daily. Details can be found in the show notes as well as on our Facebook page. You're welcome to read out of whichever version of the Bible that you like best. We just happen to use the World English Bible because it's public domain. And as such, this podcast and its corresponding live stream are also public domain. You're welcome to download them and re-upload them anywhere that you see fit, anywhere that you think that the Word of God is needed. We feel like that's pretty much everywhere, so you should totally do that. And even if you can't, you can still hit that share button. Share this on your timeline, share this on your Facebook, your Twitter feed, your TikTok, or wherever you think that people ought to be getting into the Bible. In the show notes, you'll find links to PayPal and Patreon, where you can show your support and contribute to the improving of our audio quality and the audio gear that we use to record these podcasts and live streams. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Today is August 14th, and that means it is day 226 of the One Year Bible. Day 226 is going to start us out in Nehemiah chapter 7. So if you want to get turned there, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our time together. We thank you for your word, for this fellowship. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would live in us and direct us in how we should interpret this word, how we should understand it. Uh, give us that understanding that Jesus breathed into the apostles. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are starting out in Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 73. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel lived in their cities. When the seventh month had come, the children of Israel were in their cities. Next, we continue with Nehemiah chapter 8, starting in verse 1. All the people gathered themselves together as one man into the wide place that was in front of the water gate. And they spoke to Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which Yahweh had commanded to Israel. Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. On the first day of the seventh month, he read from it before the wide place that was in front of the water gate from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women, and of those those who could understand. The ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a pulpit of wood, which they made for the purpose, and beside him stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. On his right hand and on his left hand, Padiah, Mishael, Malchiah, Hashum, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshalam. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed Yahweh, the great God. All the people answered, Amen, Amen, with a lifting up of their hands. They bowed their heads and worshipped Yahweh with their faces to the ground. Also, 
also Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Odiah, Maasiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stayed in their place. They read in the book and the law of God distinctly, and they gave the sense so that they understood the reading. Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, Today is holy to Yahweh your God. Don't mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For today is holy to our Lord. Don't be grieved, for the joy of Yahweh is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Don't be grieved. All the people went their way to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. On the second day, the heads of fathers' households of all the people, the priests and the Levites, were gathered together to Ezra the scribe to study the words of the law. They found written in the law how Yahweh had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell well in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and get olive branches, branches of wild olive, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of thick trees, to make temporary shelters, as it is written. So the people went out and brought them, and made themselves temporary shelters, everyone on the roof of his house, in their courts, in the courts of God's house, in the wide place of the water gate and in the wide place of Ephraim's gate. All the assembly of those who had come back out of the captivity made temporary shelters and lived in the temporary shelters. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, to that day the children of Israel had not done so. There was very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day to the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. They kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according to the ordinance. Next, we are continuing in Nehemiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Now, in the twenty-fourth day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting, with sackcloth, and dirt on them. The offspring of Israel separated themselves from all foreigners, and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They stood up in their place, and read in the book of the law of Yahweh their God a fourth part of the day, and a fourth part they confessed and worshipped Yahweh their God. Then Jeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shebaniah, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, and Chenani of the Levites stood up on the stairs and cried with a loud voice to Yahweh their God. Then the Levites, Jeshua and Kadmiel, Bani, Hashabniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Pethaliah said, Stand up and bless Yahweh your God from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You are Yahweh, even you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their army, the earth and all things that are on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The army of heaven worships you. You are Yahweh, the God who chose Abram, brought him out of Ur of the Chaldees, gave him the name of Abraham, found his heart faithful before you, and made a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Jebusite, and the Girgashite, and give it to his offspring, 
and have performed your words, for you are righteous. You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry by the Red Sea, and showed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his servants, and against all the people of his land, for you knew that they dealt proudly against them and made a name for yourself, as it is today. You divided the sea before them, so that they went through the middle of the sea on dry land, and you cast their pursuers into the depths, as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, in a pillar of cloud you led them by day, and in a pillar of fire by night, to give them light in the way in which they should go. You also came down on Mount Sinai, and spoke with them from heaven, and gave them right ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and made known to them your holy Sabbath, and commanded them commandments, statutes, and a law by Moses your servant, and gave them bread from the sky for their hunger, and brought water out of the rock for them for their thirst, and commanded them that they should go in to possess the land which you had sworn to give them. But they and our fathers behaved proudly, hardened their neck, didn't listen to your commandments, and refused to obey. They weren't mindful of your wonders that you did among them, but hardened their neck, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But you are a God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, and didn't forsake them. Yes, when they had made themselves a molded calf, and said, This is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, and had committed awful blasphemies, yet you and your manifold mercies didn't forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud didn't depart from over them by day to lead them in the way, neither did the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way in which they should go. You gave also your good spirit to instruct them, and didn't withhold your manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Yes, forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes didn't grow old, and their feet didn't swell. Next, we are now in the New Testament. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Aren't you my work in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, yet at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Have we no right to eat and to drink? Have we no right to take along a wife who is a believer, even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or have only Barnabas and I no right to not work. What soldier ever serves at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat of its fruit? Or who feeds a flock and doesn't drink from the flock's milk? Do I speak these things according to the ways of men? Or doesn't the law also say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it for the oxen that God cares? Or does he say it assuredly for our sake? Yes, it was written for our sake, because he who plows ought to plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should partake of his hope. If we sowed to you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your fleshly things? If others partake of this right over you, don't we yet more? Nevertheless, we didn't use this right, but we bear all things, that we may cause no hindrance to the good news of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve around sacred things eat from the things of the temple, and those who wait on the altar have their portion with the altar? Even so, the Lord ordained that those who proclaim the good news should live from the good news. But 
I have used none of these things, and I don't write these things that it may be done so in my case, for I would rather die than that anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the good news, I have nothing to boast about, for necessity is laid on me. But woe is to me if I don't preach the good news, for if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. What then is my reward? That when I preach the good news, I may present the good news of Christ without charge, so as not to abuse my authority in the good news. Next, we are going back into the Old Testament. We are now in Psalm 33, starting in verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is Yahweh, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Yahweh looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions all of their hearts, and he considers all of their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither does he deliver any by his great power. Behold, Yahweh's eye is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul has waited for Yahweh. He is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your loving kindness be on us, Yahweh, since we have hoped in you. And now lastly, we finish in Proverbs 21 verses 11 and 12. When the mocker is punished, the simple gains wisdom. When the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. The righteous one considers the house of the wicked and brings the wicked to ruin. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this time you've given us together for our fellowship, for your word. You are true and we give you glory. We pray that this podcast would glorify and honor you. Pray that it would bring your name out to the vast stretches of the internet. We pray that those people that it would be unlikely to reach would somehow stumble upon this podcast and start reading your Bible every day. Lord, we want to pray for those people that have lost family members. We pray for Penny and for Danny and Imelda, and we pray for Terry and Delilah. We pray that as they suffer these losses, that you would heal their hearts, that you would comfort them, that you would give them a supernatural peace. These people have to still go about their day and do their daily functions, and there's an empty seat at the table, and we pray that you would uh, just give them comfort. We pray for those suffering with cancer, for Shirley, for Richard, for Lawrence, and um, for Gary and Mary. Uh, We pray that for those with a new diagnosis, Lord, that their doctors would be given just supernatural wisdom, and we pray that uh, for those that are in, in it for the long haul that have been in treatment for a long time. We pray that they wouldn't grow weary. We pray that uh, they would continue to fight. We pray that they would be given awareness of how to do the next steps. And we pray that you would protect them. Sometimes people are just doing what they're told will work or what they're told is the right thing to do. And you have more knowledge. And we pray that you would bestow that. We pray for those with heart issues, for Sue, for Stephanie, Ralph, and George, for myself and my dad. Um, I want to pray for um, 
could process going into my surgery. Pray that um, it would have a good outcome. I pray for people to have their hearts healed completely. Pray that this vital organ would just work right in these people. And uh, I pray that you would help to repair all of the collateral damage that's come as a result of it. I pray for those with stroke, for my mom, for my sister. And we thank you for Rob and Chris. It seems that it's apparent that they're healed and um, pray that you would continue to work in their lives. I pray for those with tremors. I pray for uh, my new friend, Richard, and for myself. I pray that you would get to the bottom of all this, that you give doctors some kind of insight into what could be causing it if it's not something apparent in the brain tissue. I pray for those with broken bones. I continue to pray for my Aunt Larita and for my dad. pray that um, you would give uh, Larita the mobility in her hand that she once had. And I pray that you would give my dad the ability and the, the gumption to want to get up and walk and the desire to walk, the joy from it. I pray for those in relationships that are broken. I pray that you would heal hearts, that you would give them a sense of forgiveness and repentance. I pray that you would convict them, correct them, and heal them. I pray for McKenna. pray that she would understand that eating is just a daily function and it's not good. It's, it's not bad. It's something to be enjoyed and taken as a daily function. And I pray that she would know that she is beautiful in your eyes. I pray for those uh, suffering with addiction, those that are married to it. I pray that you would heal their hearts. I pray that you would give them new pathways in their minds that would direct them away from addictive and codependent behavior. I pray for our kids. Uh, we love these young adults and, and toddlers, and they're going out into a world that wants to destroy them and wants to destroy their foundation, wants to destroy their hearts, wants to wreck their self-image and cause people to think that they are oppressors or that they should hate their bodies. And I pray that you would cause them to come to you. I pray for evangelists and missionaries the world over in our local cities and in faraway lands. I pray that as they leave the house to spread your word and plant seed, that it would be fruitful. I pray that it would cause them to um, speak the good news like Paul is saying. Allow them to be able to boast in the good news. And I pray that they would bear much fruit. I pray that they would be able to witness it too, because sometimes we don't get to see what kind of fruit comes out of it at all. And it can be discouraging. So I pray that you would encourage them. I pray for those that are first responders. Pray for our police, fire, and medical. Pray that as they run into the fire, as they run into bullets, I pray as they run into crises and disaster. Uh, especially, I want to pray for those uh, dealing with this in Hawaii. I just I pray for a miracle in their in their lives as they go out to save and protect. You've placed them in positions in in our communities, and I pray for their safety. I pray they make it home safe tonight. There's many people that go out and they. Just just assume they're not going to come back home, but it doesn't stop them from going out. Just pray for their safety. I pray that they would be effective and that you would give them uh, a supernatural kind of situational awareness and give them uh, coping skills for what they're about to see. I pray for Israel. I pray that as you gather your people, I pray that as you call your sheep, I pray that the sheep that have run away, I pray that they would come back into the flock and take their rightful place. I pray for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
So Ezra the priest brings this book of the law before everybody, and it says, included the men and the women and all the children old enough to understand. Very rarely in the book does it refer to the women and children. It's true. But it says all the people listen closely to the book of the law. And for a long time, early morning until midday. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to a church where they have the kids right there in the church, but after about the first five minutes, <laughs> uh, kids are busting uh, the coloring books out of mom's purse. And um, some of the husbands are falling asleep. <laughs> so we're talking probably like a million people. They don't have chairs, comfy, wumpy chairs. Right. They're not in an air-conditioned church. Outside in the sun, most likely. And it says the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Not some, not most, all. Yeah, and then it says that they weeped. Uh-huh. They wept when they were hearing the words from the book because it's convicting. Yep. Yes. This is kind of funny. I don't, I don't know why I find it funny, but at the end of, well, like two-thirds of the way through Nehemiah 8, as they're getting ready to have this festival of shelters. Mm-hmm. Both Nehemiah and the Levites are telling everybody, shut up, stop crying. This is, this is going to be a big party. Shut up, eat some food. Celebrate. This is hush. It's a holy day. Mm-hmm. Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. Hold your peace. Don't be grieved. Yes, you're all a bunch of screw-ups, but we're still going to celebrate God's goodness. Yes. Because this isn't about you, it's about him. Exactly. I didn't realize it had been such a long time since they'd had the Feast of Booths. It says it hadn't happened since the days of Joshua. And it's required by the law. Uh-huh. So this whole time that they had not been having these parties, they had been violating the law. Right. But apparently didn't know it because the book of the law had become had gotten lost in their captivities and they're coming in and going out and they had forgotten. That's what it appears to be. This sounds like theme to a late 70s disco song it is required for you to get down. <laughs> I don't think they had strobe lights back then. I can just see uh, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic walking in as presenters. <laughs> Paul is pointing out that the priests would make their their living was not to go out and like do a job. Their living was to be provided for in the temple. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. he is drawing a parallel between what he and the other apostles do and what the chief priests in the temple would do, that he has the right to be provided for in people's houses as he brings the good news. That he shouldn't have to have a second job. And he's pointing out that he hasn't tried to to push this on them Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want anything to take away from his ability to spread the good news. So he's tried not to be a burden on anybody. But in those cases where it's a necessity for him to be staying with somebody and he he doesn't want people to be trying to call him out on something when he's not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a uh, to a podcast yesterday and um, it was an interview with uh, presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy on a show that was a very patently uh, progressive uh, host and they were kind of interrogating him and there was a person who was reviewing this video and kind of making commentary on this video and he was saying I I would be hard pressed to say that anything that anybody does doesn't have some 
element of self-interest in it, right? Right. Uh, they were interviewing him in a really aggressive way. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy is a guy who happens to have developed a bunch of medications that are life-saving medications. And um, he was uh, he headed up a, a biotech firm that developed some medications that have saved countless lives. And okay. he said that he did this, you know, that it, it, it was his job, right, as a, right. the owner and, and CEO of this of this company. But you can't dismiss the, the public service that it did. He, he's mm-hmm. trying to say that, yes, I did this for my career, but also you can't dismiss the fact that it did serve the public good. The, I, I bring that up because it kind of applies here, right? Uh, people might accuse Paul of being self-interested in his motivation. He's not self-serving in his motivation. If he was self-serving, he wouldn't go out there and deliberately get his butt kicked all the time. Exactly. But people are always suspicious of anybody in this situation. They People tend to assume the worst, I think, not just in this situation, in many situations. Yeah. yeah. It's like when I when I decided I wanted to like, you know, coach people one-on-one with keto uh, and I, I didn't want to take pay for it. Well, that actually doesn't work because people always question your motives regardless of whether you charge them or not. And in fact, if uh-huh. you get them something for free, many times they think that <laughs> you have something even more diabolical in store. <laughs> right. Which is, it's sad. It's probably something that Paul is is dealing with. You know, the good news is free. Uh-huh. Right. So they're like, is he just in it for the free meals? Is he is just in it for the free room and board? As he travels around, does he uh, does he deliberately get himself jailed so that he doesn't have to pay rent? Does he deliberately get himself locked up on ships that are bound to crash so that he can travel from place to place free of charge? Good point. You can't say that people aren't saying that because it seems like that's what he's saying. Well, as as a people, we really don't change much and we tend to be suspicious of strange and unusual things or things that aren't as we expect them to be. So I would assume they would be thinking along those lines for sure. Nothing really changes much. I love this passage in Psalm 33. It says there's no king saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither does he deliver any by his great power. Meaning your war horse is not going to save you. Do you remember the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis? I mean, you know, most of us weren't there. But uh, but during that time, uh, we, we watched the Happy Days episodes where they talked about uh, people building bunkers and, and uh, shelters in their backyard, bomb shelters. Right. And uh, then there's the, the movie Blast from the Past, which is all about this guy who comes out of a bomb shelter. <laughs> After <laughs> bomb supposedly went off. And um, we we have seen some documentaries on how ineffective those would have been against like some of the some some of the really crude bomb shelters would have been completely and entirely ineffective against uh, any kind of <laughs> nuclear bomb or anything. And, right. and while people were there was there was companies, these contractors during the, the 60s and even in the 70s, really, that were that were contracting out to 
to build people these shelters and in their backyards, these lockdown bunkers. And um, <laughs> and they would, you know, tout these uh, certain amenities and all this stuff. And, and, you know, you have people that go, yeah, well, bring it. You know, I'm just going to hole up in my bunker here and I've got enough supplies to get me through whatever. Right. And right. And we know that, you know, come the time of the tribulation, none of that is going to do any good. There's going to be no escaping. <laughs> no. From no. the wrath. But he is saying here that there is one who saves. There is one who watches over you. There is one who can protect. Uh-huh. And he's saying no king is saved by a multitude of an army, which is demonstrated in the Old Testament so many times when these yes. kings who outgun and outman everybody get destroyed by, I don't know, a swarm of flies or you know <laughs> some wasps come in or a noise that drives them mad and causes them to beat each other up. Mm-hmm. Like what's going to protect you from that? Your horse? Your Nope. You know, having thousands more dudes than the other guy? No. The Lord is the only one. And it says to deliver their soul from death to keep them alive in famine. So what is, we were talking about this last night at Bible study that what's one of the first things that an enemy will do to take an enemy out that outmans them and outguns them? Yeah. Take out their food supply, take out their water, and then what are they going to do? How are they going to sustain themselves? They can't. Anyway, what's your game plan, Sherry? Not a lot going on today with 105 degree temperatures. Um, today and tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but this evening, we are meeting our home group for dinner at a Mexican restaurant. So there's one thing on the menu I know I can eat. We will be enjoying that. Something to look forward to. How about you guys? Just going to take this noisy one. So You're going to take her to the park before it gets too hot. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to rain outside right now. So it should stay cool for a Rain? Bit. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I went out for a bike ride this morning and it was uh, it was cool. I had to actually wear a sweatshirt. Oh, wow. So it was, it was actually cool outside and it was getting cloudier by the minute. So hopefully it won't be too hot. That's... But- it sounds wonderful, actually. It was um, 70 degrees. Didn't get below 70 last night. And I think it was already 80 by 9, 9.30. Mm. Again, we'll do some thrift shopping and maybe go see Mission Impossible. Sounds like a good day. Since we've caught up on all our Mission Impossible films. <laughs> all of them? Yeah, we've seen them all recently. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for reading along with us, Sherry. And thank you, Julie, for joining us today. God bless you guys. We'll be back again tomorrow. Um, stay tuned. The podcast should be uh, uploaded soon today. And uh, just a reminder, since I forgot to do the editing and uploading on Saturday, uh, just a reminder that as soon as our podcast is done actually live streaming, it's immediately available for download from the archive link in the podcast you see. So if you miss the, the, the next day, you can go back to the previous day and look at the description there. And there's an archive link and you can go into that link and download any of these in their raw form before they actually get edited down into a podcast so they're all there anyway um so hopefully we'll have this up uh in the next couple of hours today god bless you guys we'll be back again tomorrow around 10 ish or so ish pacific time in the jitsi room and then later on in the day on the podcast have a wonderful day bye-bye bye bye